Hello and welcome to Treasure Trove, your bi-weekly podcast that brings you the lesser known and probably underappreciated games from either famous franchises or franchises you've never heard of before. I'm your host, Brent Metcalf, and I'm here to bring you one of my favorite franchises, one that I adore, that I would almost turned my back on when I was a young buck, a young child, uh, Kingdom Hearts. I want to talk about Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories, which is uh, probably one of the more obscure titles in the franchise. Uh, it's definitely the lesser known, according to sales data, which we can get to later. Um, but this is a title that was released for the Game Boy Advance that I played quite a bit when I was a kid, um, mostly because of drive time. I had lots of driving in the car. Uh, I keep I keep spoiling what I'm going to talk about later. What am I doing? Let's just let's just get into it. Cool. So the story of Chain of Memories. It acts as a bridge between uh, the uh, original game and the sequel. So the two PS2 titles were in, in the middle of development, um, and while they were waiting to kind of figure out where 2 was going to go about, they decided to bring up uh, with them this side story, uh, if you will. It's not... It's, it's canon, and it is um, one of the lesser important stories, you could say, at least when you originally play it, especially back before... Uh, if you're playing any of these games in chronological order, if you're playing the franchise from start to finish, um, then it's probably going to seem like it's a whole lot of build-up for nothing. But 2 kind of makes it worth it, and they they develop on those themes a lot going forward. But that is besides the point. This takes place between 1 and 2. It almost uh, starts almost immediately after the ending of the first game, uh, in which Sora, Donald, and Goofy are found right where they left off at the... Uh, the, on this road, on this path, stumbling across Pluto. Uh, following the pup, the team comes to a crossroads with a mysterious man in a black hood. This is the first uh, appearance of these characters in black hoods. There's one that's alluded to in the first game. It's actually a character in a brown robe that is hooded. But this is the first time we actually see the black characters that is, um, we come to know throughout the story. Um, after speaking some gibberish that the, the gang does not understand, the paths ahead converge into one, leading to Castle Oblivion, which is this ominous-looking castle in the background. Upon entry into the Labyrinthian Castle, Sora and the gang are handed cards, uh, a card by the same, we assume the same hooded figure, they definitely look similar, uh, which leads on to Traverse Town. As the journey continues, Sora and his party learn that everyone they are coming across has forgotten them, at least in their minds, though possibly not in their hearts. Uh, they come across Yuffie, Leon, Aerith, and not a single person remembers them, though they know they have goodwill, good feelings towards the, the, the gang. So it's very confusing. So in order to figure out what's going on, the team uh, stumbles through each world from the previous game, so every world we've seen in Kingdom Hearts 1, in an attempt to find out what it is that is happening to all their friends, and also fighting off this group of nobodies that call themselves the Organization 13. This is the organization of black-hooded figures. There are 13 of them, hence the name. Uh, and we get to know a few of them and even battle them in this game. Uh, once Sora's story is beaten, a new chapter unlocks that allows... Uh, uh, you to follow along Riku's journey from the basement of Castle Oblivion. So whereas Sora is kind of on the ground floor going up, Riku himself is also going up from the basement up. Uh, he's trying to get to the main level, um, which is a kind of interesting dynamic between the two characters because we know from the first game that Riku stumbled into Shadow. He, he messed with fire, so to speak, a, a power he did not quite control that kind of learned to control him. So this is an explanation of his story and makes 
way more sense when you play Kingdom Hearts 2, but it's cool for fans, especially if you have beaten the second game, or maybe you haven't, and you're leading into the second game, an explanation of what happened to Riku and where he is going. Um, Gameplay-wise, there's quite a tremendous departure from the original PS2 game. Uh, Chains of Memories took the franchise from a 3D action RPG battle system to a 2D card-based action battle system. I think it's the first time I've ever said card-based action battle system, but that is the case. It is a real-time battle system. You are moving Sora on screen. You are jumping, dodging, trying to get away from enemies, and at the same time, moving through a deck of cards. Um, The player will earn cards with Sora along the way that will be comprised into a deck and you will go through the deck in order to give Sora commands. So in order to attack, you draw a Keyblade card. Uh, In order to use a potion, you would draw the item card and play it. Um, Playing it is as simple as hitting the A button on the Game Boy Advance, because this is a Game Boy Advance title, in case I forgot to say that. Um, While circling through the deck, it just requires you to hit the left or right shoulder buttons to go left or right through the deck. It is kind of interesting how this works. Um, Again, enemies aren't going to wait for you to just sit there and pick whichever card is the best, so it takes a little bit of maneuvering. Um, But quite honestly, it lives in the same spirit of Kingdom Hearts Battle System on PS2. I I think when fans, uh, myself included, when I first tried the game in middle school, good lord, um, I remember being very confused on the fact that I had to jump and move my character while also trying to access this menu in the bottom left. So this is a similar kind of like thinking on your feet, making sure you're understanding, learning your systems, and then building upon them. Um, Cards can also be stacked by tapping both shoulder buttons in the same time. Uh, It's what is known as making a slate, I believe. Um, So in order to use some of the more complex abilities that Sora used in previous games, uh, you have to use this slate system to combine things together. So this would include ensuring that you want to use a more powerful fire spell. So you would combine two fire spells together to get fire or fire by combining three. Uh, maybe you want to summon a character. You are going to have to combine three summon cards, that kind of thing. Sword's also able to access some of his more complex physical abilities by combining uh, the physical attack cards so it's an interesting system that makes you think on your feet you definitely need to pay attention to what you're going through once you burn through all of your cards your deck resets so there's a period of time in which you are completely vulnerable you can't use an attack you can't use items and you have to dodge so you have to be careful about what cards you use when and where uh, which adds to the strategy of course excuse me i'm drinking a nice uh, rum and cranberry it's delicious if you've never had it before dark rum specifically Outside of combat, players will traverse in an isometric 2D world in small rooms chunked together uh, to form different worlds. They're almost like a board game. So you'll use cards to unlock new rooms. They'll appear in front of you on this world map. Um, And each card is kind of specific. So you can unlock regular combat rooms, which is majority of the cards you'll get. There are save rooms, so you can save yourself. Um, There are mystery rooms, which you don't know what you're going to get. It could be a hard enemy. It could be an easy place where you recoup some of your your HP. And then there's treasure rooms. So there's lots of different ways in which you can kind of customize your own path to the final boss of each stage, which will probably look very familiar to fans who've played the previous games. Um, probably one of the biggest downfalls to Chain of Memories is that a lot of all of the worlds, with the exception of, I think, one, maybe two, are retreads, which is kind of a shame. They're great. It's fun kind of going back, and especially if you haven't played the games in a while, but 
straight from 2 to the GBA, it was slightly disappointing. Um, we talked about Riku earlier, and when you play as Riku, you do have a different... Uh, the, the, the controls don't change up too much, but you have a different dynamic in the sense that you cannot customize his deck. Every floor you go to is a different world, and every world is going to provide you with a different set of cards. So rather than being able to build the strongest deck possible with what you pick up, you have to strategize with what you're given. This makes Riku's playthrough a lot harder than Sora's, but also more gratifying for sure. So the development of the game started uh, after uh, the development of Kingdom Hearts 2 had begun, with the idea of it acting as an in-between title, uh, as Kingdom Hearts 2 was set a year after the ending of the original, and they needed to come up with some form of logic as to why this is. <coughs> Excuse me. So... Originally named Kingdom Hearts Lost Memories, uh, the series director uh, and, and creator, he's been involved along the way, Tetsuya Nomura, um, director of the original and the sequel game specifically, changed the name to better reflect the outline of the story. So, in order to help rationalize as to why Sora and the Gang would start from scratch with the abilities in Kingdom Hearts 2, Nomura-san devised a story that involved Sora's memories getting corrupted, which would be symbolized by the use of cards. So the card dynamic was there very early on, which was also used as symbolism in the story, which I find quite interesting. And quite honestly, every time I talk about this game, all I wish is that they could re-release it on Vita. That'd be so great. But anyways, um, Nomura-san was also hesitant to release a Kingdom Hearts title on the GBA for fear that the move from 3D graphics to a 2D world would not go well. Uh, he was very hesitant fearing that the reason why a lot of fans were coming to Kingdom Hearts and what made it so different from uh, Square Soft and eventually Square Enix's core franchises uh, like Final Fantasy Dragon Quest was the fully rendered 3D action gameplay. However, the director changed his mind after hearing that young kids wanted to play the game on their GBAs. They wanted to play it on the go. Uh, the game was announced alongside the sequel at Tokyo Game Show in 20, 2003, uh, and CGI cutscenes are, are used throughout the game in various points, um, and those CGI cutscenes uh, are actually developed using the same graphical engine of the PS2 iteration, though uh, it was encoded in a GP, um, for the GPA using some prior, proprietary technology. So they basically took this PS2 graphics in, uh, engine, ran these various uh, cutscenes, and then put them in an, uh, some sort of package, basically, to run it on a GBA. It's kind of amazing when you think about it, being able to run the same graphical engine. I'll bite, like, I'll be, you know, it, it was short. It, they're, they're, we're talking a minute and a half, two-minute cutscenes, but still pretty fascinating when you consider the fact that a cartridge is limited in the amount of space, so you can only give it so much. Uh, eventually, the game would be remade in PS2, titled Kingdom Hearts RE, Chain of Memories, um, with fully rendered uh, 3D graphics and voice acting, which was also added to the PS3 HD remake of Kingdom Hearts, and would be phenomenal on a Vita. It, that, that's besides the point. We'll just keep going for it. Uh, using a code breaker with a specific code, a debug menu can be used in the GBA to give access to various CGI cutscenes, as well as set specific flags that give player access to things such as an automatically being at the max level, all abilities, and more. So there's a debug menu that allows you to kind of become omnipotent. Um, the reception of the game uh, was was fairly positive. I mean, the average reviews and the average Metacritic score at the moment is 76 out of 100, 
which is good. That, that's a solid score. Uh, critically, the game was praised for, but um, how well it brought, the, you know, it was praised for how well it brought the, the franchise to portable, but it didn't really sell that well. This is actually the financially the least successful Kingdom Hearts game in the franchise. Uh, it sold over 104,000 units in 48 hours in Japan, which set a record at the time for the GBA. Um, by 2005, the title sold over a million copies in between Japan and North America, and it reached uh, 1.55 uh, 1. so 1.55 million units sold by August of 2009. So over the course of roughly, that's about, that's about five years, I think, from release to 2009, uh, we're talking 1.55 million units, 55. So, I mean, that's not shabby. It's nothing to snuff at, but it still is considered the least successful financially um, Kingdom Hearts game. Personally, I think Kingdom Hearts was, Chain of Memories was such a mixed bag for me. I, uh, I played the game originally when I was in middle school, as I said earlier. Uh, a quick little history about myself. My parents divorced when I was two, so uh, my mother lived in Ohio at times. She also lived in Charleston and my dad lived in Charleston and then in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I spent a lot of my childhood on the road. I used to play game, Pokemon Yellow all the time. I played all you know different different GBA games. So this was my first real action-oriented game taking on the road. And the difference between Chain of Memories in the PS2 game was startling to me. I really wanted that strong, powerful, 3D platforming action combat. I used to I used to eat that up. Uh, and then moving to the card system, I was blown away by how different it was. But wanting more Kingdom Hearts, I kind of convinced myself to just continue the game and beat it. And once I beat it, I, I really started to kind of appreciate it. Honestly, this game is... One of the reasons why I collected Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon cards so much, uh, the, the collection aspect of cards and building them into a deck was so fascinating to me by the time I finished it. And years later, in high school, I bought a Game Boy Micro so that I could play in uh, school because I was in musicals. I was uh, in, in a lot of evening rehearsals. And so in order to pass the time, I brought my Game Boy Micro. And I played through Riku's uh, playthrough because I had never done it as a child thinking it was going to be too hard for me. And playing through Riku's kind of showed me how well this battle system is oriented. Because when you're not given the option and you're forced to, to deal with the ramifications of what you have in your hand, it really makes you think differently about what you can do. So it really made me appreciate the level of design put into the game. And, and quite honestly, as I've been saying throughout this podcast, I would love to play this game again on Vita. I actually would love to play it on PS4. I, I could play it on PS3. I know, you can, and it's, it's not a bad idea, but On The Go is where it was born, and On The Go is belongs. Um, I do regret that I never did try the 3D version. I had the Kingdom Hearts collection for a while before it was stolen from me during a burglary, but that is here nor there. Um, and, you know, uh, again, despite the fact that we can get the signature Kingdom Hearts gameplay on handhelds today. Chain of Memories is still the best experience for the franchise on handheld. I would argue better than Birth by Sleep, as much as I liked Birth by Sleep. And I definitely think it's better than Dream Drop Distance. I just did not like the controls in that game. But overall, Chain of Memories, pick it up. Uh, whether the GBA form, if you still have one of those, you, I'm sure you can get an emulator. I don't recommend an emulator because you want to support the people who made these games. Um, but uh, the, the PS3, the HD collection, it would also net you the original Kingdom Hearts. So if you've never played it, that's a great place to start. 
PS3 also has um, a collection with Birth by Sleep and the second game, so you kind of get a majority of the package, which is kind of cool. Um, but that is all I've got for you today. To feel free to leave comments. You can tweet at me at jesterhead0302. Uh, you can email me ideas or comments at jesterhead0302 at gmail.com. Uh, until next time, I hope you enjoy it. Please go back and listen to them. I, I tend to kind of ramble towards the end, but I really hope that people are enjoying the content that I'm producing. I've been coming up with all kinds of these different uh, uh, games that I hope are really reaching out and people are enjoying. So let me know in the comments. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter. And until two weeks from now, keep on playing.